Welcome to the Your Virtual Upline Podcast. Hi, my name is Bob Heilig, Your Virtual Upline. This is the podcast for home business entrepreneurs that want to stop living small and start earning big and make this their breakthrough year. Join me each week to follow my journey as a full-time entrepreneur and network marketing professional into the worlds of personal branding and online marketing and learn how you can increase your income without sacrificing your lifestyle. Thanks for spending some time with me today. I'm glad you're here. It's time for you to start creating a life that you deserve. So let's begin. Welcome to episode 14 of the Your Virtual Upline podcast. This is Bob Heilig. I am your virtual upline. I'm really excited for the episode today. I've got a very special guest. Today we have joining us the one and only Mr. Ray Higdon. Those of you that are not familiar with Ray, I'll share with you a little bit about him in a second. But Ray has really been one of my biggest mentors in terms of the development of my network marketing career and really specifically the things that I've done surrounding my personal brand with your virtual upline. He's probably the biggest influence why I even have a podcast and you know a lot of what I've been doing surrounding the generic training. Uh, so I think that you guys are definitely in for a treat. So if you want to improve your network marketing business, if you want to be able to recruit more people, build your team faster, Ray is definitely your guy. And if you also are a network marketing professional and you really want to learn how to tap into the power of building a personal brand and really learning to monetize yourself, there is nobody better than Ray Higdon. So I'm really excited for today's episode. Now, really quickly, before I get into it, I uh, just want to remind you, if we've not had a chance to connect yet, you can do that very easily just by texting uh, your virtual upline to the number 44222, or I'll actually have the show notes for today's episode where I'll give you the key takeaways and key insights from today's episode that Ray gives you, my interview. You can also just text episode 14 to the number 44222 and get the show notes as well. So, let me uh, get into the interview. I have a recording of the interview that I did last week, but you know, before I do that, for those of you that are not familiar with who Ray is, let me just give you a little background. So Ray got into the network marketing industry back in 2008, and at the time, he was going through a really rough period in his life. He was you know, living in Florida, heavily involved in the real estate market, and when that market crashed, was really at rock bottom when he was introduced to the network marketing industry. What I think is really powerful about his story is he was literally in 11 different network marketing companies that failed before he finally really made it big in the industry. And he's famous, one of the reasons why he made it big, and I'm not, I won't steal his story, but he literally went out every day and looked for 20 people to tell him no and was finally able to have success, became a million-dollar earner, And about four years ago, he started to realize the power of building a personal brand. He started his own website, rayhigdon.com. I'll have that in the show notes. And he started to every day put out valuable content through his blog, through social media, and literally every single day for four years. 
And because of that consistency and because of the value that he was giving people, he started to be looked at as an authority. And he turned that authority and all that hard work into two separate seven-figure businesses outside of his network marketing business, all surrounding his own personal brand. He has a seven-figure coaching and training business where he mentors uh, top-earning network marketing professionals. He has a seven-figure info product business where he sells courses on his website. And he did a product launch this year where he literally made over $850,000 launching one product in the spring of this year. And in one weekend, in a one-weekend event, sold over a million dollars in coaching. So needless to say, he's an authority in every sense of the word. He gets over 2 million hits to his website, uh, rayhigdon.com, every month. So you guys are in for a treat. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to just kind of kick it over to the interview that I did with Ray. This is a little bit of a longer episode than we normally do. But I don't think that you're going to mind because there's so much value. And, uh, you know, the title of the interview was How I Build a Seven-Figure Personal Brand. So I know that you guys are going to get a lot out of it. So let's go ahead and turn it over to the interview. All right, guys. Well, I am here with the one and only Mr. Ray Higdon. Ray, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you taking some time, especially I know that you're especially busy with the New addition to your family, the beautiful baby Sabrina. Everything going well with that? She's amazing. Awesome. Awesome. So, well, hey, let me get right into it because I know that uh, you're a busy man. And and I want to start off by, I want to ask you a question, but I want to just kind of kick it off with a quote that I is really one of my favorite quotes and it's going to lead me into the question. But the quote is, at the time, I thought I was being rejected from something good only to be redirected to something better. And I've heard you say before in an interview that, you know, the only security that we have in our life is is the ability to adapt to circumstances. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about this concept of a defining moment and how we all, each and every one of us has these defining moments in our lives. And they're usually negative events that at the time we really struggle figuring out why they're happening, but they usually are leading us to, if we if we view them the right way, they lead us to a, a, the next level of our lives. So I, I'd like to, if you could, just maybe start off by talking about that concept and, you know, what, looking back, the different defining moments that you've had in your life and kind of how they've gotten you to where you are. Sure. Yeah, I have um, a few, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. You, you, I'm trying to think about this. You know, not one of them did I feel that way at the time they happened, and that should give hope some, to some people because I, th- I think sometimes people they they hear me talk about mindset and stuff, and they think I'm like just you know superhuman or something. And you know, the reality is I've been I've had my heart stomped, I've been crushed. You know, I've just had my soul destroyed, you know, at multiple different times and, and, you know, financially, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all those different arenas. And so, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about you. So I, I assume you want me to share a couple examples or something? Yeah, or? that'd be great. Okay. Good. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you one. This is a personal one. I haven't shared this very, I haven't shared this in probably years, actually. And I've only shared that a couple, this a couple times, but <clears throat> I'll tell you, I had, um, you know, gone through a divorce 
and I was in the process of you know lot, you know lots of things were were going on around me. Um, you know I was uh, busy in real estate; things were going good, and I had gotten reengaged to someone, and not Jessica, but I had gotten reengaged, and things were things were going great. My uh, things business started to change a little bit, so I went in different directions, and I started traveling nonstop. So I was actually traveling 22 days a month, Vegas, Chicago, Phoenix, Miami, LA, doing you know sales presentations twice a day, all over. And 100% performance-based. I had to cover my own travel. So it was, you know, it was an interesting deal. And there just came, there came to a point where the relationship with the person I was engaged to just, it just wasn't working. So, you know, I, that fell apart a while, not too far down the road from that. I went to a wedding, actually one of my best friends of the world, my buddy Gabe and and Jamie, uh, I went to their wedding up in Gaylord, Michigan. And I'm at this, I'm at this wedding and I was supposed to be with her, you know, with my former fiance. And I was supposed to be with her, but, I, you know, of course I wasn't because it didn't work out. I'm sitting there in the reception. And, again, these are very, very close friends of mine. I'm sitting in the reception, and I'm looking at the napkins, and I'm looking at the music, and I'm looking at the food, and I'm looking at everything. And I just kind of thought to myself, I'm like, you know, what happened to me? You know, I, I, used, I thought I, I, I had all this stuff figured out. I don't have anything figured out. And I just started really – you know, kicking my own butt, just really, really bad. You know, someone like asked me to dance and I think I like almost cried at them and they like got weirded out and ran away <laughs> and smartly. And, uh, you know, I actually went out into the hallway. I left the reception and, you know, at least back then that is very much unlike me because I was quite the partier back in those days. And so I left the reception. I went around the, the corner where no one could see me. I sat on a couch and I just cried. I'm just crying and crying and crying. <laughs> And I'm like, you know what? Someone's a some someone some inebriated person is going to find me, and it's going to be a big spectacle. I need to get the hell out of here. So I head over to my hotel, which is you know right across the the parking lot. Really, go across to the hotel, and uh, you know I get in my room. I'm like, all right, let me let me attempt to do something uh, constructive. I opened up a book that I have been meaning to read for a while, and I just hadn't hadn't gotten around to it. And it was, uh, it was What the Bleep Do We Know, which I'd seen the movie, but I hadn't read the book. And so I flip open the book, like middle of the book. I can't tell you exactly what it said, but it roughly said sometimes things you know, happen for a reason. When you're, you know, when, when you're meant to have big things in your life, things happen for a reason to force you to think differently. And so you know, that, that kind of hit me, and I kind of wondered, okay, why did this happen? And I'll tell you. I had already started uh, dating Jessica at that point, who's now my wife. And what I, what I saw there was I still wasn't, even, even though I didn't want to be with my ex, I still wasn't 100% over her until that moment. And so that needed to happen for me to have the perfect relationship that, that we have now. And I, you know, I say perfect, it's my dream, you know, not, nothing is perfect, but my dream, you know, relationship where we respect each other. Um, there's, there's not one trait that she possesses that I don't absolutely adore and, and thinks amazing, but you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I didn't go to that wedding cause I didn't want to go. 
right? Because you're, you know, you're supposed to be going with someone you're engaged to, and then you know you're going by yourself. It's it's just a much different situation. I didn't want to go, but if I didn't go, I'm not sure if my mind would have changed to the point where I could show up in the relationship with Jess a much better person. So that that's one example. Yeah, that's awesome. Here, here's what I love about that, Ray, and, and I'll tell you, one of the things that I, I really got from you right away, and you know, I'm as I, I'll tell everybody, I'm part of your mastermind group this year, but why I think you're such a great leader is because you've got a willingness to be transparent and, and vulnerable a lot about past things that have happened in your past and, and your feelings about that, and I think that, to me, that's one of the things that really makes a leader great because it makes you relatable. And, um, you know, I just wanted to make a comment and really acknowledge you for that because it's it's definitely something that stood out to me right away when I met you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, it wasn't always that way. You know, I I used to try to come across as perfect person and, um, you know, at just some point it it just seemed much smarter to be more vulnerable because that's, you know, that makes you more real. Yeah, 100 percent. Did you did you have another one that came to mind? Yeah, I would say, um, you know, the day I, I think a few more people may have may have heard this one. But, um, you know, I was when real, when I lost everything in real estate, which wasn't actually that long after that you know episode that I talked about up in Michigan. But when I lost all in real estate, I, uh, you know, I still I still uh, kept up appearances. Right. So, you know, I still wanted everyone to think that I was very successful, of course. And, um, but I wasn't, you know, I was living on credit cards. I mean, seriously, like, you know, I went to lunch and that went on a credit card that I was hoping to never pay. And (laughs) that's, that's not a joke. I've been there Um, before. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, we had, um, you know, I'm in the house that I'm in foreclosure in and we had some of my family over. My mom was over, my stepdad was over, you know, there's a, there's a knock at the door. My mom goes and answers it. You know, I actually technically think this is illegal, but um, uh, she comes back uh, with a stack of papers, and it was my foreclosure papers. And I, I actually think I probably could sue that because I think that's illegal. I think you have to serve it to the person, but he gave it to my mom. Wow. And she came back white-faced, you know, just kind of upset, and, you know, she's like, what's going on? You know, they're saying you're in foreclosure. And I was just like, oh, man, I don't need this. And, um, you know, my, my heart sank, and... It was at that point where I went from, hey, I'm just going to put on this phony smile forever to really getting angry. Like I was pissed, not not at the person. I was mad at myself. I was mad at myself for, you know, allowing myself to get in this situation by just wishing for things to get better and not doing something about it. And now I've put this huge burden on my mom who doesn't need that you know, who really struggled and, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, I don't, I don't want to see her, you know, upset or think that, you know, she needs to help me financially or something like that. And so that, that was a moment that really, you know, did a, did a checkup from the neck up that along with some, you know, some other things really got me on the path of, of changing my life. And, you know that, that I'm, I, I look back at these things. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for that foreclosure. Uh, it taught me to respect money, the energy of money, more appropriately because I wasn't. Mm. And so, you know, just very, very grateful for all these, 
not so pleasant experiences in the past. Yeah, that's that's awesome, man. And I think that that's the key, though, right? It's being able to find the lesson within the difficulty and the struggle. And it's, you know, you don't always see it right away. So, wow. Here's one of the reasons why I love you so much and what you've done in terms of the business that you've built. You're a very rare individual in the sense that you found a way to successfully bridge the gap between old school network marketing and the new school world of online and internet marketing. Mm-hmm. And I think where that's unique is, in my experience, you've, you've got almost like these two polar opposite ends of the spectrum where you have traditional network marketers that, I mean, if we're honest, let's just keep it real, don't have the first clue when it comes to generating leads online and what it actually means to market themselves. Mm-hmm. And then you've got online marketers and internet marketers that really kind of look down on on network marketing as, you know, hey, wh- why would you want to do things like hotel meetings and three-way calls and right. home meetings? But I think you've done an, uh, an amazing <coughs> job kind of bringing those two together. So I guess the question that I would ask you is this. Why do you feel or do you feel that it's important for people that are network marketing professionals to develop the skill sets of personal branding and online marketing? Yeah, great questions. Um, you know, I, th- I, think, I think first of all, I should explain the distinctions between the two. And because I, I know why, you know, and I, I think a lot of people, they don't know why. Why? Because why? you said, seems to me like internet marketers, you know, they don't, you, know, you, didn't, you didn't necessarily say this, but in, a lot of internet marketers, quite frankly, they don't do well with network marketing. Would right. you agree with that? Correct, I would. Okay. So here's, here's the distinction, okay? Successful internet marketers, they think very transactionally. So they do something, they see if it gets a return or not, and if it doesn't, they do something else. You know, and so they do, you know, lots of tests, they have lots of different things that, that you know, work or fail, but that, that's how they think. They think, okay, I created this funnel or I created this page and I was able to sell this many widgets. And, and then they go and do it again. So to me, most internet marketers, um, and now some evolve, some evolve, but most are, it's really glorified, leveraged salespeople. They have the leverage of the internet. They have, um, it is, you know, nowadays, you know, internet marketing, I think, is, is sexier than if you say you're in sales, right? But you're really, you are in sales, right? So I think it's like a glorified, leveraged sales job for most. Now, some, some do evolve and create systems and, and things of that nature, but, um, you know, most don't. Most are, pu- they're pushing a page, they're pushing a product, they're pushing that whatever sales I get today is great. Network marketers, they, good ones. Now, I'm talking good, okay? I'm not talking your average internet marketer. Your average internet marketer, just like the average network marketer, not making anything, right? I'm talking about good, good internet marketers. Good network marketers, they don't think transactionally at all. They think community. So they will show up, and they won't bat an eye at driving 200 miles to show up to an empty meeting. It's just part of the process. It's just the way it is. Now, an internet marketer would lose their mind, if they did something like that, that much effort and absolutely no return. Network marketer just thinks, ah, it's just part of the community. The person that I did that meeting for, they really appreciate it. So they think community. And if you look at both, both you know, parties there, it does have to do with psychology. 
So what is the psychology? Well, how, in my opinion, you can combine both is if you build your own brand, and a good brand isn't a logo, a slogan, a tagline. It may possess all those things, not colors. It's not, you know, a giveaway or whatever. You know, it, it, it may possess all those things, but it really, a good brand is the builder of a particular tribe. That's what I would say a good brand is. Okay, so uh, Tim Ferriss, great brand. He is the builder of a life, body, time hacking tribe. That's like his deal. Right, so he has great tribe, one of the arguably one of the best tribes, and so a good brand is the builder of a specific tribe. You know, we build, we have built a tribe, and we have, you know, we continue to build tribes. You know, people of network marketing that aren't looking for get rich quick, that are looking for how to uh, really improve themselves and become better uh, people, better network marketers, better marketers, etc. So uh, the importance of building a brand is 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 very simple. It's, it makes your life easier and it also forces you to do the things you should already be doing. If you want to be successful, you should be providing value. For you to, to build a tribe, you need to provide that tribe value. And so that, that's, that's why I see it. You know, No matter what network marketing company you're in, you're still in it. You're still there. And what I what I've seen and you know what I've witnessed and paid attention to is I've met a lot of former top income earners that the company went down or something happened um, and they lost a large percentage of their income or all of their income, God forbid. And had they really focused on building their brand that isn't so interwoven with that particular company, they would have done fine. You know, I mean, I, I believe the company that I'm in going to last forever. I sure hope so. If it doesn't, I'll still be okay because of the brand that I've built and because of the tribe that I've built. And so this is why we work with a lot of top earners to help them build build that brand out. And all I can tell you is, you know, you can, I, I, I know guys that are successful that have built their brand or not built their brand, but have built their business through cold calling. To me, and some people would applaud that. They'd say, wow, man, that's really duplicatable. That's, that's really awesome. To me, it's intellectually lazy. It means you're intellectually lazy. You're too lazy to learn branding and marketing, so you continue to do it the rough way that any college kid could also do. I don't think that's the answer. I didn't want to keep cold calling. I wanted people reaching out to me, and that's what happens. We get people reach out to us. We just brought in a new coaching client you know, today at a you know pretty significant you know amount, they reach out to us. We recruited uh, I think four people in the last seven ten days. All four reach out to us, and you know that's powerful. It will make your life easier if you put in the effort to learn what it takes to brand and, and create value. Mm. I couldn't. It's a long answer. <laughs> no, it was great. I mean, you you answered a couple of questions I had, but I couldn't agree more because I mean I've. I've lived this myself. I mean, I spent four years, almost five years, building a company that, in the beginning of this year, decided that they no longer wanted to do network marketing. You know, completely wow. yanked the rug out from under us. And then I joined another company that, um, you know, it'll be no secret for people to figure out who this is, was shut down by the FTC two months ago. Wow. So, you know, three, I'm now on my third company in a year. And it wasn't by choice, it wasn't by design. But what I'm thankful for is I made the decision when that happened to me the first time that I wasn't going to promote the company that I was in, I was going to promote myself. 
Right. And, um, you know, and, and I think that that, you know, maybe I'd love to have you talk about that for a second, because I here's here's what I've heard you say before. And I was like, man, this is really good is when you talk about social media. Right. Because when we talk about branding, one of the biggest ways we can do that is like Facebook and stuff like that. And and I always talk about social media can either be your your biggest asset or your greatest enemy when it comes to you building a network marketing business. Right. And I've heard you use on the subject of putting out non-specific company content, I've heard you say your goal is you want to raise curiosity instead of resistance. And I think that's so on point. So maybe talk a little bit about your strategy that you started to apply. And was there like a particular something that happened that kind of made you decide this is the route that I want to go? Yeah. It's, you know, I'm I'm trying to think of what actually happened? I mean, I think I just learned. You know, in my, in my last network marketing company, I um, I did I wasn't nearly as fervent about promoting the company versus not you know talking about the company, et cetera. And and I noticed something. So here here's what I noticed. I was very focused on that company and became the number one income earner in that company. And so what I would do is I would create. I don't know, maybe maybe eight blogs out of ten would be generic value, and two or maybe one, one or two out of ten would be directly about the company. I mean, it would company name, comp plan, everything, right? And um, so I, I just, you know, I'm someone that I've always, I'm I'm always willing to make mistakes, but I always learn from them. I don't I don't make the same mistakes twice typically. And so here's what I noticed. When I would put out that value, I would get more leads. When I put out the company, I would get less comments, less shares, less leads. When I looked at my recruiting, my recruiting was greatest when I was providing the most value and not talking about the company. And so that was, that was part of a real life lesson there. And, and then, you know, through reading just so many different sales books and psychology books and all these different things, it kind of hit me, wow, what's happening is when I talk about my company, it raises resistance and people know what I'm talking about. Like some, some people, they like, they lose all former human intellect upon the introduction of anything new. (laughs) and they're like what do you mean resistance you know what resistance is resistance is if someone comes up to you if you're walking through the mall and the guy says hey pretty lady you want some of this skin cream you're you know they're like no thank you (laughs) what did you just feel you felt resistance okay you didn't feel curiosity if you felt curiosity you would say uh well what is it see you would walk over there okay but you felt resistance like no i gotta get away from it no thank you sir and so that was, that's resistance. So everyone knows what resistance is. And so you have to ask yourself before you're posting on something on, on social media, is this going to raise resistance? Are your friends and family going to see it and think, oh, geez, there they go again? Or is someone that doesn't know you going to see it and say, um, man, this person is just pitching their company? You, I mean, if you want to know the biggest arbitrators of, of this, look at Instagram. My God. My Lord. I mean, you know, I, I see these accounts where every picture is either a makeup brush, a skinny wrap, 
or you know a powder. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. Add value, man. Add value. Try to raise curiosity. Have people wondering. I wonder what they're in. I wonder what you know. Wonder what they do for a living. Raise curiosity more than resistance. And this isn't true of just social media. This goes all the way. This goes in sales pages. It goes into sales funnels. It goes into upsells. It goes into when I'm speaking at an event. I literally use that mantra in almost everything that I do. I, I look to constantly strive to raise extremely little resistance. And, and this is why you'll hear me say things that most people don't say. For example, if I'm on a team call and I'm going hard, right? And I'm like, guys, you know, you know if you're, if you're going to become a top earner, you need to do this, 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 and this, and this. And then I'll stop and I'll address the resistance in the room because I can feel it. And I'll say, but if you're here as a customer, we love you. We love you so much. Please stick around. You don't have to do any of these things I just said if you just want to be a customer. Because there's a person listening that says, wait a minute, I, I, don't, I, I don't know that I want to do all these things. I just wanted to be a customer. So I, I literally address that resistance and they say, ah, I'm in the right place. I'm going to stay here for the next 10 years. And so I use that balance of how, to, how do you not raise you know, resistance. And resistance is different than uh, good stress. Good stress or uh, Greek eustress, uh, right? Eustress is different than resistance. Eustress is, oh man, you know, I got this big, I got this big game coming up. Oh man, I'm a little anxious, but man, uh, I'm going to do my best. Well, that's not resistance. Resistance would be, oh God, I don't want to go to that. It's very different. So it's a management of, of these different dynamics in all of your communication. So let, let me ask you this. <clears throat> what because we've talked, I mean, we've talked and we've kind of touched on some of this stuff, but we've talked about this, the value of building a personal brand. And you've hinted at this already about, you know, you want to give people value, create curiosity. What would your advice be to somebody that, so I'm a network marketing leader and let's say, you know what, I listen to this. I've been doing this all the wrong way. I've been an infomercial for my company. I want to start to correct my behavior. Mm -hmm. What advice would you have to that person just starting out? Like, what are some actionable things that they can do and they can start to implement that'll help them start to head down the right path? Yeah. I mean, I would say, you know, you can start today to add value. And I would, first of all, I would look at my, the, um, you know, the static parts of my profile. Uh, people ask me all the time, they're like, well, do I go back in history and delete all my old? No, that takes way too long. And that stuff gets flushed out eventually. So don't, don't worry about that. Start today. So, but you do want to look at your profile picture, your cover photo, your about me, make sure those are nice and clean and ask yourself, is there anything that raises resistance there? Now that's, that's step one. Step two would be, is there anything I can put in that would raise curiosity? See, that's like the next step. Step one, let's not raise resistance, like the, uh, whatever, the Hippocratic Oath, you know, do no harm. Let's do no harm. Let's raise no resistance. And then from there, hey, can we throw in a sprinkle of curiosity? Okay. So how do you, how do you add value? Well, value is the solving of, of problems, the, the attainment of desires, the entertainment is also value. It's something that makes people uh, you know, walk away with a good feeling or a good, you know, suggestion or a tip or something, something along those lines. So start to add value. Um, you know, sharing motivational quotes, not enough. It's just not enough. Why? Because we, it's, you know, 
it's like rare and I save them. Okay. So, you know, if I, if I see one that jumps out, which is probably one out of every 200 that I see, I'll save it because it jumps out. But, you know, so many people are doing that, just, you know, regurgitating everyone else's, you know, motivational sayings that it becomes almost like white noise and it can kind of drown out. Now, the asterisk to that is when you build a tribe and a following, how it's received is very different. So someone you don't know sends you a motivational quote. You're like, yeah, all right, buddy. Thanks. Someone you really respect and admire sends it to you. You're like, yeah, man, I, I see where you're going with this, right? It's just received differently. So the, the sender does matter. It's not just the message. So how are people seeing you? And you want to constantly work on how can you make how people see you as someone, as someone of higher value? And so, you know, if you look at like when I was in real estate, I ran a lot of events. We did events like crazy. You know, I would actually go. I was not a realtor. I was an investor. But I would go to realtor offices and train them on marketing. Why? Because I wanted my name to get out there. I wanted to be someone of value. And I wanted, if I was submitting a contract and they saw my name on it, that I had a better chance of getting it back. Okay, so I would do those kind of things. See, people don't. You know, I I didn't go with my hand out. I didn't say, "Hey, that'll be fifty dollars per head, please." You know, I just went there, trained them. They got some value, and the best realtors in that office wanted to work with me. They're like, "Wow, that was really good. I want to work with you." And that's what you'll find. The better, the more value you put out there, the cream of the crop get attracted to you. I'm not trying to attract everybody, but I'm definitely trying to attract the cream of the crop. That's that's great. And that and that leads right into my next point, which is, you know, it's that, you know, and I've heard you refer to yourself as and I kind of laughed a consistency beast Mm -hmm. about about just doing it every day. And I think here's what I see so much. People get introduced to this concept. It makes sense to them. They're like, yep, you know what? I get it. They start to do it, and I think our minds, right, we live in that microwave society where we want to see those immediate results. If they don't, you know, get that lead after a week of doing it or they don't see that immediate result, I think a lot of times they just say, "Ah, you know, this isn't working for me. I don't have what it takes. Could you talk a little bit about, because I know that you're famous for not, you know, necessarily being an overnight success when it comes to this, but you, you are for just being consistent. Talk a little bit about the importance of consistency and also maybe address some of those limiting, limiting beliefs that people have in the beginning when they start to do something that's uncomfortable or that they haven't done before. Yeah, it's, you know, it, this, this is the, the secret of all success. You know, I mean, anyone successful, you know, um, I mean, Elvis, you know, he, he, he once was booed out of a crowd and they told him to go back to being a truck driver. You know what I mean? I mean, th- this is the type of stuff that, that people don't, they don't dig enough to learn this. So all they see is that, man, when, when uh, you know, when uh, Kanye releases an album, he makes millions of dollars. I don't make millions of dollars. Well, you don't, you don't see, you know, all the work, all the effort. You know, when Cuban sold his, his company for you know, whatever it was, $5 billion to, to Yahoo or something, that's what people see. They don't see him sleeping on the dorm floor room, working on you know, Cisco routers nonstop and learning programming up till every night of the hour, not partying with everyone else, not spending money on stupid stuff, but focusing on getting better. They don't see any of that stuff. And, you know, so this isn't some thing that I uncovered. It's just the truth of all success. 
And, you know, it's the person that is willing to continue going when, when it literally is illogical to continue to do so. It's just illogical. You know, could I have, you know, when I was in foreclosure, think about this, when I was in foreclosure and I was getting 20 no's a day and I was barely making anything, I could have gone to almost any job and made more money, almost any. And, you know, I could have worked my way up to, you know, whatever amount a, a year. And there, there have been, I assure you, there have been days that we've made more than that, whatever that number is. Come up with a number, come up with it. I assure we, we, we beat it out. And that's the deal. You have to be willing to trade the long term for the here and now. And that's what's so difficult for people. It really is. And I get it. I totally get it. It is very, very difficult for you to keep the faith when all else is pointing against it. And, you know, there's great books out there. There's the compound effect. There's the slight edge. All these things will help you out. But you first, I really think it all comes down to what is the vision of your life that you're willing to fight for? That's what I think it is. What is the vision of your life that you're willing to fight for? And you're going to have to fight. You know, I, I, you know I, I, I'm a big fan of, of law of attraction and all, all the different things. Well, guess what? There are tough days. There are. And, you know, and they, they, don't, they don't go away. You know, people think that, um, you know, when you reach a certain millionaire status or whatever, that no more tough days. Everything's easy breezy. That's not the case. You may have improved your mindset to better tackle them. That's different. That the tough day still happens, but your mindset is more improved to, to handle it. But there's still tough days. And so you just, need to, you just need to ask yourself, what is the vision of my life? What is the vision for me that I'm willing to fight for? And if you can't find anything, if you look there and it, that page is blank, then you're probably not going to fight. You're probably not going to stick with it. You probably are going to take the here and now versus the long term, and you'll know why. It's because you didn't paint out that vision of what you really wanted. And, you know, people will use every excuse on the planet. It is, it's where they're from. It's how old they are. It's their lack of education. It's where they live. It's, you know, all these different things. Until they see someone in worse conditions that came from worse than them that creates success despite. And that's what you got to understand. So, you know, the two words that I'm constantly telling people is the word despite and the word until. Succeed despite. Succeed despite your upbringing, your lack of finances, lack of education, your, you know, how many arms or legs you have, all these different things. Succeed despite all of those things. And I don't, whatever they are, medical conditions, anything. Because I assure you, someone with rougher conditions have succeeded anyway. Okay. And then you work until. You work until you accomplish that dream life. And the reality is, by the time that you start accomplishing, that dream life is going to take shape. I never thought that I could have what I have now, the type of people that I work with, the type of people that we impact, the students that we have, the clients that we have. We're just so amazingly blessed. I didn't see it to this degree in five years ago. You know, five years ago, I just saw, hey, I just don't want, I, I don't, I don't want to have bill collectors calling me. That's what I was willing to fight for. <laughs> I was willing to fight for not having bill collectors call me and not being in foreclosure. And that upgraded. Eventually, we got out of that situation. Then it upgraded. You know what? I'm willing to fight for this. I'm willing to fight for this. So the question is, what are you willing to fight for? Awesome. Awesome. Well, here's my last question for you. And you, you perfectly segued me into it. So you talk about vision, you talk about, you know, creating a dream life for yourself. Talk just a minute or two or however long you'd like about, 
your life today. And what I'd like you to do is specifically about how your decision, however many years ago, to begin to go down this path of building a personal brand, having event, you know, a strategy in place to monetize that brand the way that you have. Talk about what that's done for your quality of life, for the amount of free time that you now have with, you know, through leverage and, you know, any details that you feel comfortable sharing in terms of, you know, what your website has done for you in terms of generating leads for your business. I think that kind of information would be great for people to hear as much of it as you feel comfortable to share. Sure. So, you know, if you look back, I mean, 2009 foreclosure lost it all. And by the way, I wasn't even, I wasn't just one foreclosure. Like I hear some people, they're like, I had to start and I was 50,000 in debt. I think that's cute. I was over a million in debt. (laughs) And, um, you know, so we, it wasn't one foreclosure. We actually had eight. So I had invested in different properties, lost them, banks coming after me. Wasn't great. And, you know, that, that was obviously a, a rough year. Um, you know, now, Things are things are different, and you know through our branding, you know we we've we have earned you know over a million dollars in our last network marketing company. We're currently uh, multiple six figure earners in in our current network marketing company, um, but we've built a coaching and training business that is multiple seven figures. And you know if I look at uh, you know we recently did an event, so I I know some of these stats off the top of my head. The last time, the last month that our blog did less than $50,000 in one month was September of 2013. The last week, week, we did less than $30,000 on the blog was the second week of February this year. We only did $26,000. And so, you know, this is what this means is um, if invested properly, if we handle and are good stewards of that money, then, and I think in approximately uh, a year, <laughs> we're probably good to go as far as retirement, as far as being taken care of, uh, you know, not having to, you know, stress too much about the, the later years. You know, I say that purposely because I know a lot of people that have made a lot of money that, that did not, were not good stewards. They thought it would keep rolling in, obviously. We're going to, I'm going to keep rolling value into the marketplace. And I believe that our business will continue to grow like crazy, but you better plan like it's not. And a lot of people don't do that. You know, a lot of people there, they just think, Ooh, I got 20,000. Let me spend 30. And that's what most people do. And that's why, you know, they, they, they're constantly in a one decision could ruin my life stance. And we didn't want to do that. So, you know, now, uh, we get to do what we want. You know, I've been to every single baby doctor visit that Sabrina has had. I was at every single, uh, you know, uh, pre uh, pregnant uh, maternal or whatever you call it. Every every appointment that Jess had for you know when she was pregnant, I was at every one. Not I didn't miss one. And if you compare that, you know, I have two older boys. I have a 17 year old and a a 16 year old. I was working three jobs when I had them. I barely saw them at all. So people ask me nowadays, they're like, man, uh, you're, this is old hat for you. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I, I, I literally don't remember any of that because I was working so many hours and then I was coming home and basically collapsing. I mean, I, I barely saw them at all when they were little, when they, especially this little. Okay. Um, so, you know, 
know that money is is the it can can be the creator of freedom and if you treat it as if you're a good steward of the money and you treat it with the right energy you can do whatever you want you know i look at I, I just I, I I think of all the places that we will travel with Sabrina, you know. All the, I mean, she's going to be in Paris in no time. She's going to be in Italy in no time, and you know, I just I just think about those things, and it's like, yeah, you know, we've put in the work. Now you know we can we can reap those rewards. Now that doesn't mean that we stop putting value into the marketplace because that's just that's just who I am. I love putting value in the marketplace. I love making an impact. But it has allowed us to have the kind of freedom to do what we want. You know that that's that's what it's about. Whatever whatever it is that you want in your life, having access and the ability to earn more money can help you with that. And and I hope that this message you know comes across that way, not as you know just you know we just love making money. You know we do love making money. No no bones about it. But we know what money represents. Money represents that we have put value into the marketplace. We've impacted people, and the marketplace has responded through compensation. With that compensation, we are able to make choices. And, you know, there are different things that we've been able to do. You know, we've been able, you know, we took our, uh, both of our moms to Vegas for the first time. We, uh, you know, bought my, my mother-in-law uh, a car. We, uh, you know, took my father-in-law to the masters, right? These are things that can't happen if we don't make money. And so with money, you can do a lot of things. So hopefully that answered your question there. Yeah, that was perfect, man. That was uh, inspiring. And I listen, I have no doubt that this particular message is going to be really helpful, especially to my audience, because I know that we hit on a lot of the topics that, you know, that they want to learn more about. So, hey, listen, man, I just want to thank you for taking the time. I, I'm grateful for you and, you know, the the trail that you've blazed for people like myself to to show me that it's possible to do these types of things. And, you know, I will, uh, I will let everybody know that if you're looking for a resource to help you take steps in the directions that Ray is talking about, he does have a course that I highly recommend. It was really a, a huge step in my journey of creating a brand, which is your three minute expert course. And I'll, uh, I'll link up in the show notes for the episode where people can find that. And, uh, where else can people connect with you, Ray? Yeah, you know, um, we have about six years of training on our blog at rayhignan.com, and a lot of people really enjoy our periscopes. We have a lot of a lot of fun on those, and that's at rayhignan.com forward slash periscope. Awesome. Well, hey, Ray, man, thanks so much. I really appreciate your time, and uh, I'll see you, I guess, in a couple of weeks down in Florida for the Mastermind. Absolutely. You got it, my friend. Thanks for having me on. Okay, you got it, man. Take care. So that is the episode for today, guys. I want to just take a second to thank Ray again for taking the time. And I know if you got half the value out of that that I did, that it could have a dramatic impact for you and your business and hopefully helping you set along the path of developing your personal brand and and monetizing it. So thanks again to Ray. And I want to remind you, if you want to get the show notes for the episode today, all you have to do is just text episode 14, that's episode 14, Just text that to the number 44222. And during the interview, we mentioned Ray's three-minute expert course, which has been a huge influence to me in terms of helping me set up my, my own training blog and how to put out daily content. If any of you are interested in the three-minute expert course, 
You can go to bobheilig.com forward slash Ray Higdon, and that'll be in the show notes. So if you request it, you'll have all that. You can get the three-minute expert. I would highly recommend it to anybody that wants to build a personal brand and wants to learn how to become an authority. So that's the episode for today, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and I will see you soon on the next episode. Take care. Take care.